but I didn't find a group like that anywhere. Um, I didn't find a whole lot of positive images of black women on bikes. And in fact, if you Google cycling, it's a bunch of white guys in spandex, you know, racing. And I was like, this can't be all that cycling is about. Hey, what's up? This is Kat. Welcome to the Joyride. What's up, Joyriders? I am stoked to chat with Monica Garrison, founder and head shero in charge of the growing organization Black Girls Do Bike. Monica believes that the simple act of riding a bike can be the catalyst to wonderful and empowering experiences for women of all ages. What started as a simple idea back in 2013 to connect lady cyclists has turned into a movement with more than 50 inclusive riding groups all over the country. On this episode of The Joyride, we'll talk about Black Girls Do Bike, riding in Pittsburgh, the first national meetup in Atlanta this June, and how to be a good ally. Oh, and we've also got a little surprise for you, a little nugget buried somewhere in the conversation that can make you even more of a winner than you already are. So listen up good. If you want to follow along at home, you'll find the show notes and any links that we discuss at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride 008. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Monica Garrison to the joyride. got Monica Garrison from Black Girls Do Bike. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. So where in the world are you? <laughs> uh, I'm on the East Coast in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Iron City. That's right. I have a lot of love for Pittsburgh. We're slowly becoming the um, tech capital of the East Coast, almost. Like Google has ventured here and Facebook and they're trying to change our image and get rid of the steel town and bring in technology. So it's evolution, I guess. The re- yeah, the renaissance of Pittsburgh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Y'all have some. You have some hills there too. Yeah, we're uh, we're known for our hills. Um, they're not very friendly to cars or bikes, but um, <laughs> they are infamous. I'll, I'll give them that. So is that where you learned to ride a bike? Yeah, um, I was born and raised here, so. All of my bike experience has been in Pittsburgh, um, for the most part, and uh, I, I rode as a child, enjoyed that, and a few years in my early 20s commuting to work, I tried that out, and um, and then the most recent evolution has been Black Girls Do Bike. So, do you remember your first bike as a kid? Not experience? Uh, I do. It was a um, yellow, huffy with a banana seat, and uh, I love that bike to death, but it actually was stolen um, probably a year after I got it, so I have some fond memories, but also some sad memories of that bike. So did you, did that, like, stop you from being able to ride, like, were you able to get another bike, or that, did you have to take years off because of that? No, um, my parents felt pretty bad for me, so, <laughs> so they made a way for me to get a new bike, um, so that upgraded to like some sort of mountain bike and my brother and I, you know, customized our bikes and painted them and uh, had lots of fun. Um, so we didn't miss a beat. And did you like continue riding? You, you mentioned that you uh, started commuting in your early 20s. Yeah. Had you like continued riding through that point 
and what was that like? Just occasionally, you know, like an occasional trip to the lake, we would take our bikes kind of thing. But I was not a consistent rider by any means. And then um, I got my first real job in the city, in the big city. And uh, I thought, man, I should, you know, got my apartment. I was like, I should commute to work. So I did that for, bought a bike, did that for a while. And uh, it was pleasant. And then until I moved where I couldn't commute anymore, that, that was my mode of getting to and from work. So, and I enjoyed it. Like, how long do you think you did that about? Um, about a year. I uh, actually was fortunate to live really close to a trail, the, the opening of a trail. So I would hit the trail. It would take me all the way downtown, which was very convenient. And then, you know, I was a few blocks from work. So, yeah, I did it for about a year. Um, and then, like, do you do you enjoy riding? I know you have... Obviously, you've started a group, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. But do you do a lot of solo riding, or did you always like to ride in groups? Tell me a little more about that. Um, surprisingly, I, I prefer to ride solo, and like riding is kind of my solace. So um, it's what I do to clear my head and get away from people. But with that said, I have I have two young children who I enjoy riding with, so I've managed to use riding the bike as a way to get them outside and get them off of the iPad and get them into the environment. So um, they become my riding partners. But occasionally I'll do, you know, I'll do a group ride in the city. But um, usually it's my way of like just getting away from everything. Kind of like tuning out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's weird how you can simultaneously tune out and tune in. Yeah, you know, exactly. Cool. So how old, how old are your children? Uh, five and eight are my little ones, and then I have two bonus children who are 20 and 15. So you ride with the little ones? Yeah, primarily, because um, I wanted to kind of teach them to ride as young as I could get them. So my, my five-year-old, he's off of training wheels, he's riding um, like a big boy now, and um yeah, it was it was my goal to kind of, because they were, you know, they were literally attached to these devices, and I thought, this isn't how I remember childhood, and I, I kind of wanted to use cycling as a way to get them outside. That's awesome. So yeah. where do you get to go? Like, where do you go on? Tell me more about that. Um, I love the trails. Um, I'm, I, I don't prefer to ride in the street if I can help it, but um, so I'm more of a casual rider in that sense. And, and we have local parks around here that have um, pretty decent smaller trails for the kids, but then we have some really nice sized trails that, that I've graduated them to um, around in and around Pittsburgh. That's one of the awesome things about Pittsburgh. We have a pretty good trail system in the city itself um, and, and heading out to the outskirts of the city. So, um, you know, we load up the bike rack and hit the closest trail whenever we can. It's so much fun. Yeah. What is something that you carry on every ride? Something you consider like an every ride essential sort of thing? Um, other than water? <laughs> um, I don't know. We always try to take some music. I've got a Bluetooth speaker I like to carry with me. Um, and a tube to change a flat. I guess those are the only things I wouldn't leave home without. What's the longest ride that you have been on? Oh, wow. Um, you think? I think probably, I like to keep it under 15 miles, but um, 
I've done Pedal Pittsburgh is our largest bike ride here in Pittsburgh. Happens every August um, at the end of Bike Fest, which is two weeks of bike-related events. So I've done that um, a couple of years, and you, you know, I've I've gone up to about 25 miles in one setting. Um, but that's more it's still more of a casual 25 miles. You're just kind of riding and taking and taking in the scenery and everything. So, yeah. What level of like mechanical experience do you feel like you have? Like, have you ever changed a flat at home or on the road, or like how comfortable do you feel technically? Yeah, I've I've been pretty fortunate. I've not had to change a flat, <clears throat> but uh, but I could if I, if my life depended on it. Right, my next ride, I'll go down on a flat. Um, but I could do that if my life depended on it. I could. I'm generally technical in terms of working with my hands, so the bike doesn't scare me. Um, but I haven't had too much misfortune and needed to get myself out of a pinch. But, you know, I can check the brakes and do that kind of basic stuff. Right. Yeah, it's like I can I can change a flat and I've done it. But at this point, I just prefer to take it and have the guys at the shop do it. It's like yeah. you're faster. Yeah. I don't Support like your it. local bike shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you have a, a local bike shop that you love? Anyone you want to give a shout out to? Oh, wow. Um, I like to spread the love around, actually. We have some pretty awesome shops here. So um, I did buy my I did buy a bike last summer from Thick Bikes here in Pittsburgh, and they were awesome from start to finish. Um, they, you know, they took care of my needs, and they were very attentive. And so that, you know, it was a great experience. Um I've worked with Kindred Cycles. They allowed us to do a photo shoot there, and they were extremely hospitable. Um, but honestly, I've I've been to and had work done and um, talked to just about every shop here. They're all pretty great. Yeah, that's definitely a good feeling. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of bike do you have now? Uh, I have a specialized Dolce or Dolce, depending on what part of the world you're from. Um, and it's just a it's a it's a road bike but it's a what they call a relaxed road bike so it's not as aggressive of a stance and um it kind of lets you do a long ride and not you know feel it too much um but yeah i rode it and i was like this is my bike i i must ride this bike forever so it's my new uh favorite thing in the world (laughs) such a good feeling when you're like yes that's the one and you know yeah it's funny because i thought i had my bike uh which was also specialized a vita and i rode that was my first you know entry re-entry into cycling and i loved it um with the flat handlebar and i'm like what are all these people what's the big deal with these you know curved handlebars everybody's maybe i'll try it out and see what it's all about and uh and once i rode the the dulce i was like yeah that's that's it that's uh now i get it (laughs) Do you, do you like to get in and, and ride in the drops like that? I, I do. I never thought I would, but um, it's exhilarating. I I really enjoy it. I, like, look forward to it. I'm like, all right, give me some downhill time so I can, like, get the wind in my hair. So, yeah, yeah, completely get it now. It's awesome. My uh, my first bike after, after my boys-sized mountain bike from Target, when I realized that was not the thing I should be oh, riding, wow. my first bike was a, a specialized hybrid. Uh, and... Um, cool. And so, and I looked at those, the other two, but the curly Q drop bars, I was not ready for all that yet. Yeah. Um, my new bike now has those and I really like, can't believe how much I love 
yeah. popping in just like that. That's pretty yeah. cool. I thought they would be intimidating, but um, they felt pretty natural pretty quickly. So that was great. Yeah. There's a, a Black Girls Do Bike group in Pittsburgh now then, right? I mean, yes. I'm making a, a total assumption. Uh, there, There is one now. Uh, it was actually not the first chapter, but yes, we do have one here in Pittsburgh as of May of last year. So tell me, um, do you get to, do you ride with them? Yes, sometimes? I do. Yeah. Um, it's funny cause my goal was to be kind of like the co leader of this group and have someone else step in, but we had some complications with that. So, um, I ended up pretty much leading and organizing all the rides last uh, summer when we start spring and summer. And, uh, but we've had a lot of help from uh, other black women and other riding groups who have said, Hey, this is great. I want to help you guys kind of launch and take off. So um, I haven't led all of the rides. Um, I've had some help for sure. Um, but we were able to organize some pretty nice themed rides last, uh, last year. What was the Genesis, your moment where you were like, this, this needs to happen. It's not already here. Like, tell me about that. Yeah, so it came from, you know, after I bought that first uh, specialized bike and I was on it as much as I possibly could. And anytime I had time in the summer of, uh, it would have been 2013. And I just was like, where are all the black women on bikes? I, I didn't see them. I, I could count on one hand how many I ran into that, that riding season. So... I thought, well, they have to be online because everybody has a support group online. So let me go find this group of women so I can at least kind of talk shop and and talk about my new love. Um, but I didn't find a group like that anywhere. Um, I didn't find a whole lot of positive images of black women on bikes. And in fact, if you Google cycling, it's a bunch of white guys in spandex on road race, you know, racing. And I was like, this can't be all that cycling is about. So that was the thought process that led me to create the Facebook page. And as soon as I created the page, I got amazing feedback and people from all over the country and the world for that matter saying, yeah, this is something I've been looking for. And how can I connect with you in my town? And, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So that was the, the genesis of it all. So like how quickly did you have how many groups you think? Like, do you remember, I don't so about three months into it our first chapter was formed because I was contacted by a lady named Victoria in Central Florida and she said I want to do I want to do this where I live Um, and so we started the chapter there and then it was almost immediate once that happened that people started contacting me from different um, cities and saying I want to have it here so then we just formed this template and we just kind of did it over and over again and um and it took off but we probably were doing someone asked me this once before we were probably adding 10 to 15 chapters a year if not more because what from 2013 till now we're at 56 chapters so you do the math but That's it's amazing. um That's so i know awesome. it's, it's it's every month you know and it's almost like i need to kind of put the kibosh on it because it's growing faster than you know we can kind of keep keep everything in order but um but that's a good thing growth means somebody needs this where they live so that's always good and not just that they need it but that like it's manifesting right you know right 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like the need, I, I think, has has probably always been there, or at least it's been there for quite sure. a while. Sure. So what's that? You know, what's that like to kind of look look headlong back over these past almost three years and and kind of see that expansion? Um, for lack of a better word, it's been surreal. Um, I'm, I just, I almost don't know how it happened. I, I hate to say that it, because I'm obviously spearheading it, but, um, but it definitely surprises me if I think too much about, you know, what has happened and how quickly it has happened. It's, uh, it's surprising. I, it doesn't, I never go, oh yeah, that makes total sense. It, it makes no sense, but it, it happened. So. <laughs> That. I, I think it's fantastic and you know I don't I don't know I think I've somehow stumbled on your your group from my from my girl eats bike page like pretty early on um, okay. I don't know if that's really true or not but I feel like it was it was pretty early on and I've kind of like watched this all these different chapters just some sort of like on the outskirts like watch these different chapters pop up yeah and um and it's been really like fantastic to to witness that and i i shared your group with um one of my friends in philly cuz i'm i'm from new jersey so oh, okay um cool. i didn't i'm not i'm not from portland like so many people who are here now are not yeah. from here um but i shared your group with uh with one of my friends in philly and she was like this is amazing i can't believe you know i can't believe this i didn't know about this or whatever it was that she said about it you know, I remember my first my first group ride when I was on a hybrid and it was really ambitious and it was like 60 some miles. And um, I wrote a blog post about it on, on another blog that I was keeping at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I met one woman of color. There was one person of color at all on that ride. And she hung out with me. She was like way more advanced. She was from Philly. She's worked in the public schools. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and she was like so awesome and was the only person who connected with me because I was the only person there yeah. who was wearing tennis shoes on my flat bar specialized bike. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, I never got her contact info. I had her name and we hung out for a while until she dropped me in the hills. But, um, you know, I remember that. I remember thinking to myself, like, that is the only person of color that I see out here. And yeah. also, incidentally, the only person who took any time to like yeah. chat or connect with me. Right. And uh, her name is her name is Sharon. And if at any point in time she hears this, she'd be like, I remember that girl. Yeah, maybe and she's a Black Girls Do Bike member. I and, hope so. Uh, That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Do you have any like any cycling blogs or websites or news or social media or anything like that that you follow or hmm. any people you connect with that way? If I had time, I probably would. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, um, I'm in the Facebook group for the, uh, Black Cyclists United. That's a pretty awesome group. Um, there's a woman advocacy, bike advocacy group that I'm a member of. So several groups like that that are kind of working behind the scenes to um, encourage diversity in cycling. Um, the National Brotherhood of cyclists is another one. I'm a member there. They have um, a conference every year that's uh, really geared towards um, just showing the diversity in cycling in Minneapolis, which I've not been able to attend yet, but it's on my list for sure. Um, so yeah, there's a few groups that I that I follow. 
So what do you feel like is your biggest pain point while riding? Whether that's like, you know, like physical or mental or any, and whatever that might bring up. Mm, I don't think of riding in pain in the same sentence. Um, well, once I got a new seat, that is. <laughs> Here we go. Um, um, let's see. Pain point. I mean, I wish I could ride more, uh, if that counts, uh, because I think even with taking on this organization it's cut my writing time down because i'm on the interweb doing things uh, day and night so it's kind of ironic but um i wish i had more time to ride that's uh it's my biggest regret Sad. that and the saddles yeah yeah but once you get a good saddle and a good fit you uh you should be all right it shouldn't be too painful that's true yeah. It's it's so important. It's really, really crucial. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is like one of the biggest things that keeps people in general and definitely women off of bikes is like we just try to fit the machine and fit what's already set up on there as opposed to like changing things out and adjusting it to fit our bodies instead. No, we're, we're uh, uh, creatures that need to be uh, catered to and handled properly. <laughs> How, how safe do you feel when you're riding, whether that's like safety in traffic or personal safety, whatever it brings up? Um, I mean, fairly safe. I, I, I like the fact that on a bike you're moving faster than if you're jogging on a trail. Um, I take reasonable precautions, though. I'm not riding after dark pretty much uh, on the scary trails. And as I said earlier, I prefer not to ride in traffic. I You know, I do it when I have to. But uh, it's not my preference. I Generally, Pittsburgh has improved their bike infrastructure tremendously in the last, I'd say, three to five years, where it was almost non-existent before. Now we have a good system, and they have a, a five-year plan to make it even more awesome. Um, so, But I, I personally prefer protected lanes so that I feel like traffic is, other than the goodwill of the driver, I actually have some obstacle preventing a car from you know entering my my way so um I'm a bit particular in that sense but um but overall i feel safe i do think drivers are becoming more aware now that um we we've had these initiatives over the last few years our mayor's on board so i think things are changing for the positive absolutely if you could go for a bike ride with anybody anywhere Ooh. Where would you where would you go? This is like my new favorite thing to think about. Where would you go with who, et cetera? That's a tough one. Ah, um, it's a trick question. No, I'm just kidding. It's like okay, it's it's who would you want to have a conversation with, right? Could be anything. That's really the question. Assuming you're gonna speak to them while you're okay. Um, who would I want to? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know exactly. Not being philosophical or anything. Um, There's this cool chick named Aisha McGowan who is determined to be the first African-American woman pro cyclist. And I think she's awesome. I've never met her. She used to live on the East Coast, but now she moved to the West Coast. Um, But I would love to, like, ride with her and actually have that conversation. And because I read her blog, that's one of those things I do read. And... um, and we're on the same page, you know. So while our goals are different, we, we overlap in so many ways that I would just love to, like, ride and chat with her. That's a definite. 
she's uh, she's fantastic. I think the uh, the hashtag that comes up for me is a quick brown fox. Yes, I think that's what she's. Is that the quick name of her blog fox. too? That's our blog. Yeah, quickbrownfox.com. Um, I was like, that's the best name ever. I wish I had thought of it. <laughs> it would have been a quick brown fox do bike. Um, <laughs> but that's all right. She she owns it and she earns it. So that's fun. Where would you go? Uh, I want to. Well, she's in California, so I'd love to. You know, hit the the roads in California. Right yeah, I'm right on the coast. Do you have a favorite post ride snack or anything you like on the bike or after or? Mm, I like bananas. Would that count? I'll uh, I'll grab a quick banana after a ride any day or during a ride. Um, that's probably my favorite go to quick snack. I don't do energy bars or protein bars too much i know some people like that but yeah give me a banana i'll be happy (laughs) so i want to ask like how can how can someone like me uh how can i or just um any white woman like how can i be a good advocate what how can i be a good ally what can i do uh join us for a ride um i always say that that we're a cause. So if you think that there should be more African-American women on bikes, or you think the sport of cycling in general could benefit from having more, you know, brown faces, then, you know, join the cause. So find your local Black Girls Do Bike and ride with us. We are uh, inclusive in that way. Uh, All shades are welcome, as we say. Um, And just, you know, tell other people about us. Let, Let the world know we're out there and, speak us up whenever you can um we're always looking for we do giveaways every uh, we try to do at least once a month but that varies um so we're always looking for stuff to give away um and also like our our chapters are sometimes they're led by avid cyclists who are very knowledgeable sometimes they're led by beginners who just want to have have recently discovered cycling and want to you know share that with other women so we always need expertise, you know, no one's ever beyond that kind of help. So if you have a special skill and you want to share it, you know, get in contact with me or our local chapter leader and, you know, set something up so we can kind of powwow and put our heads together. Pardon the interruption, but Monica and I put our heads together for a giveaway for you, dear listener. Head on over to my Instagram account, girl eats bike. Find the post for this show. You'll see it. It's the one with Monica and I on it. So go ahead and tag a friend for a chance for you or them to win a Black Girls Do Bike t-shirt. If this is too much for you to remember, just go to the show notes, girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride008, and all the details will be right there. I'll announce the winner via Instagram on Friday, April 22nd. So tag early, tag often. And while you're at it, I'd love to know what you're doing while you're listening to the show. Are you cooking dinner? Are you walking the dog? Um, take a picture and tag me in it or tweet me at Girl Eats Bike and I'll give you a shout out on the next show. Now, back to Monica. Yeah, the kits are really cool and the, the hats are really cool too. Thank you. So what else? What else do you want to share that I have missed? What else have I not asked you about? The biggest thing right now that's monopolizing my brain and and... Black Girls Do Bike is our uh, national meetup in June. That's our first uh, national meetup we're trying to pull off. 
and uh, we're asking ladies to come to Atlanta. Again, everyone is welcome. You don't have to be a black girl or woman uh, to join us. But um, the main event that weekend is the Tour de Cure in Atlanta, which we're going to do a takeover and just kind of, you know, raise as much money as we can and show up in large numbers. And um, so we we're excited for that. And then we're going to have like a recovery ride the next day with the local chapter there. Um, our Atlanta chapter has 1,200 members, so they are our largest group. And so we expect a lot of support there, which is kind of why we picked um, that city. Also, Atlanta's pretty nice, pretty awesome. Um, so we have that, and just it's just three days of bike stuff. So um, the Friday before, uh, Civil Bikes, which is a, a historic bike tour company in Atlanta run by an African-American woman. Um, she's offering tours to us, and we've got a partnership with REI to have people ship in their bikes and get them assembled. So we got we got lots of moving parts here wow. to make it a pretty pretty grand weekend. So I'm excited about that, and also, um, you know, I can't think about anything else. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to get the word out because I think it's awesome. I think it's going to be great, and I can't wait for it to happen, and then to be able to share, you know, the experience of the weekend. So that's coming up June 10th through 12th of this okay. year. June 10th and 12th. That's, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I hope it will be as awesome as I think it will be. Well, I mean, you know, it's going to, it's going to be work. You're going to be, obviously it's on the horizon and that's the, the only point you can think of on the horizon. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, you're, you're creating something that is, um, uh, that's never been done. And that is so worth it. You know what I mean? It's like you look at these things yeah. and you're like, I would like to do this as a participant. Um, right. But, good. you know, somebody has got to make it happen. So uh, good job. That's, sure. We'll keep an eye on that. And then um, I'll link that up for sure. Civil Bike sounds pretty cool. And what a great deal with REI that you're working with them and they're going to yeah. help out with that, with the assembly and the shipping and they stuff. They actually reached out to me. Like I, I've sent mass emails to people, looking like, "Hey, we need sponsors." But they actually reached out to me and, and saw, you know, what we were up to, just in general. And they were like, "You know, if we can help you in any way, just let us know." So that was that was mind blowing to to get such a big name involved. So you didn't like you didn't pitch them. No, they just reached out to you. Yeah, I think oh, it yeah. came from a tweet. Like they had. Around Christmas, they had their um, Op Outside initiative that they tweeted. And I was like, that's a great idea, for, you know. Screw Black Friday. Let's go ride our bikes, you know. And um, <clears throat> and that was – and I retweeted that. And then they contacted me because they were like, hey, thanks for, you know, sending that tweet out and getting your folks involved. And I was like, no problem. And then a few phone conversations later, it kind of morphed into this uh, support of the organization in general, but also the Atlanta event. That's fantastic. Yeah, I have a lot of love, a lot of love for REI. I guess they're, they're doing some things. They know what they're doing. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I am so thankful that you took the time to chat today. I really appreciate it. I really like love what you're doing. I love like having sort of from the outside witness this organization grow. Um, I think that we all do better when more people, especially more women, are riding bikes. Um, I think it is just so transformative, and I love any 
any effort to get more and more people, especially as like changing the complexion and changing these stereotypes of like what you're supposed to look like if you right. ride a bike. And I just so much love for that. So, well, thank you for that. Yeah, awesome. I'm um, glad to uh, be a part of that. Yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much, Monica. We'll talk to you soon. There you have it, folks. I sure hope you enjoyed this episode of the Joyride podcast. I know I enjoyed getting to know Monica a bit more. You can find the show notes, the links that we discuss, details on that contest at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride 008. Next week on the Joyride, we swing over to Decorah, Iowa to chat with mountain biker and blogger Josie Smith of Josie's Bike Life. Listen, I would love it if you would leave me a rating or a review um, to subscribe to the show in iTunes or Stitcher, or if you know somebody who you think you'd want to share this with, go ahead and send it to them. All of those things would help more women to find the show, and that would be awesome. Whether the bike is already a big part of your life, whether you're just getting started, or you're trying to get up the nerve to try riding a bike again after so many years off, Uh, let me know. I'd love to hear from you on whatever your preferred social media is, or even via email, especially if you've got questions. Email me at girleatsbike at gmail.com. Also, I've got this really cool thing I'm pretty excited about. It is a bike camping 101 project that's in the works. It's designed to get you out on your first bike overnight. So if you've ever considered it, but thought you might like a little extra help, go over to bikecamping101.com and sign up for a free checklist for your first bike overnight and more info on the upcoming program. Despite what HBO says, summer is coming. Now is the time to start thinking about your next adventure. Remember, friends, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride.